Everyone, this is Tim Pichot with the Liberty Advisor, and today we are joined by a special guest. We are joined by Etienne de la Boutier Squared. Many of you, uh, at least from the Anarchapoco and Liberty Volunteers community, might know him. Uh, now, we, now he is the author of a book that was co- it was called Understanding Our Slavery. But I think do you have a do you have a new name for the book? Uh, Etienne? We, we did. We have rebranded and expanded the book, so it's now in its fourth edition, fifth printing, and it is now government. And government is in quotation marks. The biggest scam in history exposed, and it's at government-scam.com. All right, we do have that on uh, on on screen right now. Maybe do you want to tease people a little bit about what like your background is, and then maybe what we'll get into? Because I think what we're going to do today is we're going to do more of like a new style segment where we go over some of the articles, and then the really juicy stuff. We're going to kick that over to my my podcast over at the Tempest Show, the Liberty Advisor. So we'll go through, do a normal change the news type type segment over here, and then probably get into a lot of the more juicy you know uncensored stuff, uh, more podcast format. But do you want to let, let people know a little bit about your background? Uh, you know, at least from the financial sector and then uh you know maybe a little bit about your book and and kind of like this uh, kind of the main thesis on uh on the pandemic that's going on yeah so i mean i've got i've kind of been blessed with an interesting history i worked on wall street for a bit kind of on the tech side uh uh creating networks for market data trading floor technology uh worked alongside traders with traders on different trading floors um, I was, uh, I worked at one of the big four think tanks in DC In my youth, I ran a national third party, uh, political campaign and I was in DC's largest CEO networking group. And so I've gotten this opportunity to, uh, you know, observe quote unquote politics up close and personal. I lived outside of Washington, DC on what I call the Silicon plantation of Northern Virginia. There's a little kind of uh, tech corridor there, mostly centered on internet and networking technologies that, uh, that I kind of came out of. And so I've gotten to observe uh, DC. And what I do in the book is I make the case that government was never designed to help uh, protect society, life, liberty, or property, but it was always intended to rob and control society. It's a technique of controlling people and the way they do it is they slip you this religion called statism, uh, using the same kind of unethically manipulative tools and techniques of a cult. And it's the government and the media working together. And because the media is on the kind of same side, they make it look like it's all these different platforms, but it all rolls up to a handful of companies and control of the perception is the name of the game. And so, uh, so uh, that's called the mighty Wurlitzer. The CIA calls it the mighty Wurlitzer. And we, if we can control the inputs that we give to the population, we can control the outputs. And so I, I'm exposing that in the book, Government, the Biggest Scam in History.com. And the final thing people should know is we just dropped a major expose on the pandemic, who's behind it, how they're benefiting, the timeline um, at government-scam.plandemic. And our thesis, this was never about COVID. This was always this, that COVID was simply the manufactured excuse for bailouts. We need it. We're going to have bailouts. We've already spent the money. We already know how we're going to do it now. Let's figure out how we're going to justify it to the people so that we can close down uh, independent businesses, we can engage in disaster capitalism, we can wage economic warfare against the people. And so uh, that article is at government-scam.com slash pandemic. And uh, uh, 
uh, we break it down and we're, we're also promoting Freedom Fridays, trying to reopen businesses this coming Friday, May 1st. And uh, you can get that at uh, government-scam.com slash Freedom Friday. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. And can you get a little bit into uh, – you, you worked on, on trading floors doing different technology. Didn't, isn't that part of your background as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I mentioned that. So uh, um, at one time, I worked for one of the major uh, network providers that provided connectivity for all of the major trading floors on Wall Street. And so our, our parent company was one of the big market data providers and was delivering market data to 2,000 plus uh, financial institutions, I think 2,600 plus financial institutions on Wall Street around the world, kind of like Reuters, kind of like um, uh, Bloomberg, exact same, you know, the, the, the market data that you see when you see, you know, video of, of traders talking to three telephones simultaneously while looking at 10 screens. So we provided the screens and because we had that network there, we could uh, layer in additional trading applications or market data applications to Wall Street participants without them having to go get uh, a different network connection. So that was kind of like our competitive differentiator in the market. And so uh, I had offices in New York and Boston and Atlanta and Miami and St. Louis and Herndon. And uh, we sold solutions to uh, other uh, banks, financial institutions uh, around the world. All right. Well, no, definitely a great guest to have on for what we've got in store today. So what do we have in store today? So, So the first article I want to talk about is Biden wants a new stimulus, a hell of a lot bigger than $2 trillion. So in, a, in an interview, the two, the 2020 candidate courts the progressive left, and I, you know, I hate even calling it the progressive left, uh, for a huge new green infrastructure bill while hammering banks and Trump. And so it goes on to say, Joe Biden wants a more progressive approach to economic stimulus legislation than Washington has taken so far, including much stricter oversight of the Trump administration, much tougher conditions on business bailouts and long-term investments in infrastructure and climate that have so far been largely absent from congressional debates. In a fiery half-hour interview with Politico, the presumptive Democratic nominee sounded a little bit angrier angrier and less moderate primary rivals, Senator Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, you know, Pocahontas. So the former vice president said the next round of coronavirus stimulus needs to be a hell of a lot bigger than last month's $2 trillion CARES Act and that it needs to include massive aid to states and cities to prevent them from laying off a hell of a lot of teachers and cops and firefighters and that the administration is already wasting a hell of a lot of money. Now, to my knowledge, I mean, I don't think I've seen any, uh, you know, teachers or cops or firefighters. I mean, certainly cops and firefighters. I mean, have you seen any of them laid off? Uh, I mean, that's probably not the biggest store part of the story, but it seems like, you know, a grabbing for a heartstrings type uh, statement. No, I see them out raising revenue on the public, you know, putting them in jail for victimless crimes and doing the exact same, you know, uh, criminality they've always been engaged in. Um, they can force people out of business. And even though the, the people they're forcing out of business with the with these uh, lockdowns and closures have to go out of business, um, they just keep take, they'll just take more and more from the population. Yeah. And so one of the other things I see from the article over here, as I'm going back to screen, it says uh, that basically Biden says that he wants to have this government watchdog named Earl Devaney to oversee the Recovery Act. 
because he's the toughest son of the bitch in the country, and he really means that. He's not even joking, he says. I'm you know, paraphrasing this. And uh, so the last thing we want is anyone is – the last thing he wants is anyone watching the $500 billion going to corporate America, for God's sake. And he's talking about Trump uh, you know, basically having these big bailouts. And now it's very unfortunate because it, it almost seems like everything – uh, you know, especially if Dr. Frank ends up watching this, Dr. Frank Tanbury, it seems like everything that Trump and people that voted for him, including myself, can't, that he campaigned on, this is like the worst nightmare than if like Elizabeth Warren or, or Bernie Sanders or any one of these other clowns got in there. And to me, this really was about a bank robbery. And uh, mm-hmm. what's the old saying is if you want to uh, rob a bank, buy a gun. If you want to rob the world, buy a bank. And I feel like, you know, this is, uh, you know, that times a trillion, what just went, I mean, I guess multiple trillion, uh, how much, what, what went on. But, you know, what did you make of this new call for, uh, you know, having a, another bailout that's much, much bigger than what we've already seen? And, you know, obviously this is probably not the end of the bailouts as, as we uh, now know it. This is really stealing the silverware out of the kitchen and ripping the copper pipe out of the wall. And so now that we're all going to, now that all Washington DC is going to feed at the trough of bailouts and stimulus and infrastructure and everything else they can, uh, you know, manufacture trillions of dollars for to hand it to their friends and um, uh, accomplices on Wall Street and in the media and in these monopoly, you know, cartel companies that are aligned and associated with the, you know, the federal government and the central bank. That's what this is all about. And I think that was the the reason that we had COVID. I think they they knew that the treasury market they weren't going to be able to, you know, continue uh, financing the treasury market in a way that was believable. Um, they'd been caught doing straw purchases for years. They've been caught uh, buying the treasuries a couple of days after they were, uh, you know, uh, sold at the auction from the primary dealers because other people weren't buying the treasuries. And so this year, the the amount that they were going to have to finance was already 25% more than last year which was, I, I'm assuming, probably like 25% more than, than the year before. And so, I, you know, they're long-term planners, and I, I think they knew that this was going to happen. And so they had, the, they've been, you know, cooking up this like little scenario that explains away the collapse of the stock market and allows them, provides the manufactured excuse, the manufactured excuse to have the bailouts in the first place. And that, that excuse just happens to allow them to lock you in your house at the same time that they're able to begin censoring internet and social media, which they're doing on every major social media platform. They're able to keep the protesters off the street, especially in Hong Kong, Paris, and other places. Uh, they're getting a whole lot out of this, but the main thing they're getting out is it's providing the smokescreen for the theft of trillions handed to private banks and private companies through BlackRock Capital and the Fed and the Treasuries, uh, quote-unquote bailout programs, special purpose vehicles, the TARP-2, TALF-2. That's what the real story is. That's the matador. COVID is the cape. Yeah, no, a great way to put that. You started off by saying that they're, you know, they're stealing the silverware. But let's be reminded that it was uh, the Clintons who actually stole was a George Washington silverware on the way out of the White House. 
And yes. I actually, and it's uh, crazy because I did like a two minute Facebook live. It was September 16th, 2016. And I, t- and I said, Donald Trump, I think Donald Trump is going to win and they're going to blame it on the Russians. And I talked about that story and the connections to uranium one in like a three minute, uh, Facebook live when I had like 12 people on my page, uh, following me. So, and speaking of people following this, we are almost at 10,000. So we are like 30 subscribers away from 10,000 just after, uh, about a month and a half here. So, you know, really appreciate everyone that has subscribed. And and please help us get to number, get to ten thousand. We should easily do that today. Uh, but you know, and especially you know with guests like uh, Etienne de la Boutier, uh, and it's just a wealth of information. Now you also mentioned buying treasuries and the, how you can track the QCIP markets. If you guys actually want to see how that's done in real time, uh, that was actually one of the things I talked about in my Anarchapoco uh, presentation from February, where I actually laid out and through different zero hedge articles and other people's reporting, how you could track the QCIP numbers to see that the treasury, that basically, because there was a law saying the Fed couldn't just do it themselves. And so what they had to do as an end run around that is they had to uh, basically have the banks buy it. And then when that those bonds settled a day or two later, then the Fed would then come in and buy it from the banks. And so that in and of itself is a scam and a basically, uh, you know, a secret stealth bailout that John Snyson and I have been reporting on going back to September 2000, uh, this, this past September when every, when the repo market really started kicking off. Now the repo market is not as huge because they don't even require you to hold on to any of the money in, anymore. So the banks aren't even required to hold on to any of your money, which then, you know, makes, then begs the question, you know, what are banks even doing? But, you know, speaking of, you know, oversight, we have from uh, Jonathan Turley that uh, you know we've got brothels out in Nevada who are who are getting some of the stimulus money, and you know obviously you know that's you know ground zero for you know people that uh, you know can't do anything, especially if you're in that industry. And then now we're seeing you know out of a pandemic crisis. What could a new deal look like? And, you know, of course, we've got guys, uh, you know, Rahm Emanuel, Mr. Never Let a Good Crisis Goes to Waste, says we basically have a 21st century economy wobbling on a 20th century foundation, said Rahm Emanuel, the former mayor of Chicago and and chief of staff to President Barack Obama. We need to upgrade the system to have a 21st century economy in all respects. And, you know, especially, you know, this is very rich coming from Rahm Emanuel, who, you know, Chicago has the worst uh, pension system or Illinois has or Illinois people sorry I pronounced the s last time and I had people in the comments saying that uh, especially my grandma uh, funny I gave a presentation at Arizona last April you know basically outlining everything that just went on and I asked my grandma you know how she liked it she's like you know you said Illinois there's no s in it I'm like that's what you got out of it like, <laughs> like, like this like brilliant like masterpiece of a presentation and like that's like the very first thing you say so apologize to that usually I'm just referring to Chirac but uh you know how do you think because you you're talking about this is these are all long-term planners and when you take a look at the pension system and how this is you know never looking letting a good crisis go to waste mr Rahm emanuel himself you know what do you make of this like all these new deals and all this new crap that they're trying to you know shove down our throats over here so i think it's a it's a it's economic warfare i mean we're looking at economic warfare being waged against the population by this organized crime system central centered around uh, central banking and, contr- and using government as a technique to rob and control society. And that economic warfare is de- it's, it's about devaluing the dollars so that you don't have uh, the ability, you know, that, so that you're, you're, they're, they're stealing the value out of what you earn and save. It's about um, uh, disaster capitalism, driving businesses out of driving independent mom and pop uh, businesses, restaurants, coffee shops, yoga studios, 
um, uh, little uh, boutique hotels, um, driving them out of business so they don't have economic resources to challenge the government. It is about nationalizing industry on a very, very wide scale, whether that's you know all of the, the regulations that the hospitals have to put up with. Where that's how they've been able to stoke up this COVID thing is because they the hospitals are you know they can put these incentives to you know to say hey we'll give you more money if you say you have COVID patients or we'll give you more money the more people you put on ventilators no knowing that that's going to you know uh, pop the deaths and so the you know the more control they have over organizations like hospitals or the media or uh, you know restaurants the more they're able to uh, control society. And so I think this is wide-scale economic warfare against the population to make them poor, just as the information revolution begins to expose the system as being illegitimate. Now people are, more and more people are recognizing it as organ or is organized crime. More and more people are coming out and calling it organized crime. Uh, Derek Bros, when he was running for mayor of Houston, um, one of the most popular things he said in the entire campaign was uh, during a you know a campaign event uh, among the, some of the other mayoral candidates. He described the contr- the local control of the Houston media and the control of the Houston government as organized crime. To which several on the panel agreed, and and uh, and that clip went viral. And so, just as people are figuring out who's robbed the bank. They're going to pull the punch bowl out and force everybody into their homes. And, uh, you know, it's not uh, get down on the floor and freeze. It's get into your house and sneeze. And we're, we're literally, while we're robbing the bank, we're, we're going to lock everybody in their house. And it's economic warfare. Maybe they'll let us out in time to say America for uh, July Fourth, and we can have all the patriots, you know, talk about how free we are. You know, obviously, obviously oh, no, no, no. we're joke. all getting. Out, we're all. Hey, I got good news for your audience. Uh, we're all getting out of here uh, sooner rather than later. Freedom Friday next May first. Uh, we're reopening businesses. I'm here in Silicon Valley, which is one of the largest concentrations of libertarians and voluntarists and anarchists in the country. I'm here with David Rodriguez. We're working on. Uh, a, campa- a campaign to reopen business in Santa Cruz, and we're templating it to give other people the tools, the flyers, the verbiage to be able to do it in their uh, neck of the woods. And we call that Freedom Friday, and you can see it at government-scam.com uh, slash Freedom Friday. But the idea is to get behind your local merchants, uh, get in a certain you know particular area, shopping center, uh, ideally with uh, coffee shops and restaurants and support them to open on Friday, uh, supported by their customers and the Liberty community to say, hey, we don't want any more lockdowns. We're not going with it. We're not going along with it anymore. And if the monopoly government police show up, the community is there to say, hey, we don't want you. We're, we're this is look at all these people here. We all want to go back to normal. We're going back to normal, whether you want to or not. You can't arrest all of us and everything. And we recognize what you're doing is illegitimate. And so we're that's uh, that's not just us in Santa Cruz. That's going along nationally. We've been on calls with other uh, leaders. So pound sign Freedom Friday, uh, you know, community gardens, film your hospital, uh, uh, reopen these businesses and patronize them. Um, uh, go to help at your local food bank. Uh, but we're going to reopen society. And we're starting with the hospitals. And if there's a pandemic, we'll call the whole thing off. But since we've already been to the hospitals around here, 
And I've already heard from other people that have investigated the hospitals. And we know for a fact there's no pandemic. We're not that worried about what we're going to find on Friday morning. Yeah, speaking of people that are even, uh, you know, kind of calling out what's going on, you even have uh, Bill Maher presses Pelosi on coronavirus spending, saying funny money may collapse economy into depression. And so the uh, real-time uh, – I'm glad that I don't even know what it's called. The real-time host saying – House of Cards will eventually collapse, resulting in depression. The back and forth comes as President Trump signed off on a $484 billion package on Friday to replenish a small business lending program prompted by the pandemic. The package also provided $100 billion for hospitals and COVID-19 testing as some states slowly reopen their economies. I know we can bail out certain sectors as we have done in the past. I just don't know how you how we can keep indefinitely writing checks, Mayor said to Pelosi in a remote interview. We were twenty trillion in the hole to begin with, and all world governments who are already in debt are doing this. How can the whole world be writing this funny money? I'm worried about the whole thing collapsing and we go into a depression, he later added. I mean, mind you, this is Bill Maher, because it's a matter of it says it's a matter of life or death, Pelosi said. And then she goes on to say, the more we invest in science, I'll say it in air quote, invest in science and health, the quicker our economy will recover from the pandemic. We expect a return on this money. Yeah, return on this money. Uh, people that are, you know, $23 trillion in debt, and that doesn't even include, that $23 trillion doesn't even include Social Security, doesn't include Medicare, which is a much, much bigger funded obligation yeah. than even that. And, uh, and I do, and I will credit Howard to being the one that, tell, that told me that the Social Security office, uh, there's basically, the trust fund is a filing cabinet that's not even that much bigger than the filing cabinet behind me. That's just filled with IOUs in a filing cabinet in West Virginia. And so I have to credit uh, Etienne for letting me know that because I've been letting people know about that left and right. But it just exposes what a scam this is, uh, Etienne. It is one giant scam and it's $24 trillion. And the unfunded liabilities are anywhere between – 75 and 200 trillion in unfunded liabilities and for the audience an unfunded liability is something like social security that they agree that they owe you and that they agree that they owe they just haven't begun making payments and so uh in uh if this was like a real business or, or a free market insurance company there would be you know you'd be able to take a look at that business and evaluate it and say, hey, does, do they have the resources? Are they invested in the right things to be able to pay these benefits they're promising me? And the government doesn't claim that they even have the money. They, they said they were going to put it in a locked box, and that locked box is this filing cabinet in, uh, in West Virginia where they print out these bonds on a laser printer and just go ahead and assume that you and your kids and your grandkids are going to pay for trillions and trillions of dollars of IOUs that they're sliding to their uh, to their organized crime accomplices through no bid contracts and monopoly privileges and the tarp the TALF bailouts and uh, and this scam is you know more and more people are, are are kind of realizing the scam and once you realize the media is in on it. And, and, you know, kind of how the, how their little control perception pr program works, uh, you know, uh, then the magician's trick loses its power. And I think more and more people are waking up to how they've been swindled and robbed. And that's why they're having to do things like, you know, try and force the entire population into their homes and manufacture this obviously fake pandemic. 
Yeah, thank you for that. And I was trying to pull this up on screen, but of course, the article, right as I'm trying to pull it up, is just like uh, going back and forth, back and forth, trying to think. But I'm, but if you guys can, it, this image is just great, and especially the one where it shows Bush over there. Uh, so here we go. I'm, we've got it right now. I'm going to actually share this also with uh, Etienne. So just one second here, guys. So we got boom over there. So there you go. So we've got, you know, this is this is literally your Social Security Trust Fund. This small. <laughs> Filing cap. I mean, this is what the entire. This is like what every all the confidence and all everything is just based off of this. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. And if it wasn't, and if this whole thing that they were doing wasn't so evil, uh, you know, it would actually be brilliant. But you know, then you know, in other words, the fund is actually debt. And somewhere down here, I remember uh, there was a, a brilliant quote by Bush. Which, you know, a lot of people in America think there's a trust in the sense that we take your money through payroll taxes and then we hold it for you. And then when you retire, we give it back to you. But that's not the way it works. There is no trust fund, just IOUs that I saw firsthand that future generations will pay, will pay for either in higher taxes or reduced benefits or cuts to other critical programs. And so it's, that's, yeah. And so this was, you know, a quote by Bush, which is, you know, just telling because, you know, it's not like he's, you know, known for being the most brilliant guy in the world. But what we're going to do is we're going to wrap it up there. We're going to have, we're going to come back with some more information about the stock market for video two of the day and then come back and have another podcast over on my channel. But really appreciate Etienne's, Etienne's time today. Make sure you guys like, subscribe to the channel. We do have down below in the tickers, you'll see where you can subscribe to the Change the New Podcast. So then that way you can actually, you know, listen to us instead of having to, you know, we're out, out and about doing yard work, doing different stuff this time of year. Well, I guess if you're, if you're allowed to be out and about, uh, or if you just don't care. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, and you guys can, if you want to get everything that I see that put out, if you, you can go to the Liberty Advisor Show.com, it will have all the Change the News podcasts of every, all of my appearances on World Tour of Media, all of my regular podcasts that we're going to be doing with, uh, you know, uh, Etienne and, and just everything else. So two different ways that you guys can subscribe, but you know, thank you so much for this and we'll be back for round two, uh, coming right up. Take care.